They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. This is Face to Face with Success. I'm Charlotte Kilbane. This time, we're talking to a woman who's overcome huge obstacles, faced down a tragedy that would have broken most people, and built a career that's flown high and strong. My dad was always on about, you need to make something of yourself. You need to have a vision for your life. You need to live your life with meaning and purpose. You need to turn one cent into two cents, and you need to help us all to get out of here. So my dad was all about vision and having a plan and overcoming adversity and the challenges and, you know, not being out there with the begging bowl, but owning your own journey and making something of nothing. My mom, on the other hand, was more, I would say, values driven. So it was more about, you know, you need to respect people regardless of who they might be. You have to live your life with humility. So even if you get all this rank and power and titles and all of that, humility is very, very important because life has a way of teaching you lessons on a scale that you can't even begin to understand. Shirley Zinn grew up poor. Going to school and retreat in the late 70s, there was little to look forward to. She was a woman of colour in a working-class household in the depths of apartheid. How many of us, you know, live our entire lives without ever unlocking our potential? We have potential to play fantastic music, to dance, to write, to, you know, act, to be great corporate citizens, you know, whatever it is that you think you're really great at, but we are sometimes too afraid to unlock that. We're anxious about what people might think, what people might say, um, and we don't want to be, you know, we seem to be overly ambitious in what we do. And there's a difference between being ambitious just for the sake of making money and moving up a ladder and ambitious because you really want to evolve in the fullest possible way in terms of potential. It was two teachers at South Peninsula High who started Shirley on a path that eventually led to a Harvard PhD and a stellar corporate career. These two teachers sat me down sort of around June 1979 when I was in matric and they said to me, you're not the brightest P in the pod here. You're not the A student or the B student even, but you have the potential to do so much more. Teachers have the potential to change the lives of children forever. And these two teachers put me on a trajectory that I might never have imagined was possible. And I said to them at the end of the conversation, I said, so what is it that you're actually saying to me now? So they said, please will you go home and have a conversation with your parents about university? And university was never, ever on the radar. I mean, it was just too far-fetched. It wasn't part of our realm of our worldview. I felt really great that these teachers sort of believed in me, you know. And sometimes, you know, we need to accept that people believe in us sometimes before we believe in ourselves, actually. And so that's another lesson I learned, you know. She worked hard, finished matric, and got a bursary to study a teaching degree at UWC. She taught for four years after that, then became a lecturer and did her first master's. She met Kevin, the man she describes as the love of her life. His mother clipped out an advert for a fellowship at Harvard, another instance of someone believing she could. When she completed her master's at the Ivy League College, the academics encouraged her to come back and enroll for a PhD. I started in 93, we finished in 97. It was very tough. I I didn't have a scholarship, so I had to work. And about three or four months in, was completely flat broke. Kevin hadn't got his visa, working permit yet. And um, I had to actually go, this is where humility comes in. I actually had to go to the Harvard Financial Aid office and say, I'm very sorry, I haven't paid my bills for the last few months. 
and I actually don't think I'm ever going to be able to pay it and maybe we must just go home. And she got up my results and she actually said, if you continue to perform in this way, we will assist you with your tuition and give you three teaching fellowships with the professors here at the, at the School of Education and you should live. The catch is though, you're going to come back here every six months and we're going to talk about your performance. And if you don't perform, thank you very much, you know. So the pressure was on. I finished and I learned very quickly what pay for performance was all about. In 97, we graduated, I graduated. And if you think that wasn't enough, we gave birth to Jamie in 95, right in the middle of all of that. So he was our little Harvard baby and we brought him back home. When Shirley came home, she wanted nothing more than to apply her newly acquired knowledge within the public service. But there were no jobs for her in the Western Cape. So instead, she joined the corporate world as a trainer. I could apply every bit of the education that I've had because it's really about you know, developing and educating people in the workplace. So I'm still using all my education qualifications for this. And it was an amazing, an amazing learning for me. It was a huge, steep trajectory for me in a, in a corporate. And I must say, I've never looked back since then. Over the years that followed, she climbed and climbed and climbed. Her career was flying. She was running Africa and the Middle East for a massive multinational. Everything was going really well until an accident on the N2 shattered her world. We used to come up and into Cape Town for Christmas holidays. And this particular holiday, December 2002, was absolutely wonderful. As we were leaving on the 3rd of January 2003, we were just on the N2 here, going past Cape Town International Airport. And somebody bumped us from behind. And we lost Jamie that day on the scene. Um, and I was very fortunate to, to, to live through that. And Kevin had very serious, serious injuries as well. And so that was a devastating impact on our lives, on all of our, on the extended family as well. And I didn't ever think I was going to come back from that. That was very, very tough for us. In fact, you know, and he was seven years when that happened, seven years old. He'd be, he'd be 21. I'm going on 22 this year, actually. So um, I had to reflect really, really hard about, you know, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? Um, what do I do with this amazing experience that I've had? And how do I find my way, you know, work my way um, through this, you know, this tragedy that I faced um, and, the, and the pain and the suffering that came with that. And so, you know, I, I had to think really hard about what I wanted to do with myself and pick up my confidence again, because this is what happens when we suffer these things. How do you pick up your confidence? How do you get back, you know, to where you, where you thought you were before all of this happened? And so the book is dedicated to Jamie because he was so pivotal in, in my life for the seven years that he was there. And for the last 14 years that he hasn't been here, he has still been pivotal because I think back to those days of when we had him and how, how amazing it was um, to have a child. And now that we don't have ours because he was our only child, you know, how do you make sure that you're creating a world, you know, a better world um, for our children and for our young people. Many of us are beset by all sorts of challenges every day. We all have our own story to tell. And often we don't seek the healing. We don't get the help that we need. And we think that magically somehow we're just going to come right. And I, I just want to say, you know, it's very, very important for people to, to get help if they need help. She had to build her confidence back up, healing her mind as her body healed. It took a long time, but eventually she found her purpose again. I felt confident enough to to start Shirley's and consulting back then. And I thought I would do project by project. I would do little things just to, just to start to build myself up again. And then I got a call from a few search firms that were looking for people for various companies. 
And I got a call from one of the search firms that said, you know, SARS is looking for a head of HR, um, and wouldn't you be interested in speaking to Pravin Gordon? He has met with so many people already, and he's at the end of his process almost, and don't you want to just... And I was like, absolutely not, you know. I just I don't think I can actually do that. But uh, what an amazing um, person, what an amazing opportunity. And it was right when SARS was doing the big turnaround in the early 2000s. It was just just so amazing to be part of something great. And again, I want to encourage people, you know, try to be part of something bigger than yourself. Try to make a difference because it makes a difference to your own life when you make a difference to other people. And it gives, gave me a sense of purpose again. As we chat, I remark that she's had the most incredibly varied life, the soaring highs, the crushing lows. I ask if it's changed the way she looks at success. For me, you know, the definition of success is, yes, it's, it's achieving the little, the little building blocks that are going to, you know, move you, you know, to, closer to the goals, the bigger goals that you want to achieve for your life. Sometimes people only define success in terms of money and material goods. And I think that we mustn't forget who we are. We mustn't forget where we come from. And we mustn't forget the fact that we, we live in a place where there are huge disparities and still many, many challenges in terms of inequalities and poverty. And so I think that, you know, we have a, a major role to play in giving back and making a difference. And I think, you know, success for me is really about seeing other people thrive as well. If I've been able to just plant a small seed in somebody's mind um, over all the time that I've, you know, engaged with them and they can come back in and say, you know what, what you told me a few years ago has resonated with me and this is what I decided to do. That for me is like, wow, okay, this makes it all worth the while. And so I think, you know, we must be careful to not narrowly define success and happiness in a kind of a superficial way. I think it needs to be something deep, something meaningful, something that, you know, um, is something we can really cherish in our, in our lives and, and hold up as something, you know, where we've made a difference and we feel deeply fulfilled. It's very important to make sure that you do have success and happiness on multiple layers, that you have success in your life, in your family, in your community, um, and more broadly in your society and the world and in your workplace. And you try to live a life that is congruent as opposed to trying to count hours and count days and count money. You know, all those things will come, but you need to look at the holistic and total package of life. Shirley is now also a published author. Her book, Swimming Upstream, tells the full story of her remarkable journey. Think about what is your potential? What are you passionate about? What do you love? I mean, some of us have such amazing gifts, you know, and we and it just never comes to light. Don't be put back by disappointments or don't be set back by, well, I don't have money to study or I don't have the opportunities that are coming to me. Don't wait for something to happen. Try to own your life. Try to look at the positives. Look at what you've got. Never, ever give up. Even when the going is tough, never give up because you just don't know when you're going to have that breakthrough. South Peninsula, the motto was, you know, not to be served but to serve. And I've always believed in that. And I think, you know, we need to live in service of other people. To those of us who have received much in this life, there is a requirement and a responsibility to give back even more. And so for me, that is sort of the mantra by which I try to live my life. You've been listening to Face to Face with Success with me, Charlotte Kilbane. Join us next time for more stories of South African success. They're prominent. 
they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on Face to Face with Success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. Find more real success stories at thesolutionslab.co.za.